Yes, here we are on the Real Life Game Changers podcast. This is all about people who change the game, whether it's financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, or usually it's all of them in some capacity what brings through the results into this physical world. So thank you so much for joining us, Rhett. I know you've been on Money Money, the Money Monday panel before, right? Yeah, a while back. Yeah, a while back. So uh, looking forward to seeing and sharing with everybody how you've changed the game. So before we get into that, anybody watching on here, I want you to comment. Let us know where you are in the world. If you're in the UK, you can tell us what region you're in because we know a little bit about the UK. So it's always interesting to see where people are. Now, what we're going to be doing on this Real Life Game Changers uh, channel, especially if you're watching it live, you're always going to get the chance to win prizes. Yeah, and actually what we're looking at doing is we are looking at dishing out some of these sexy things. So these things, so I've got to cover the number up, but look at these. Real life credit cards that get loaded with real life coin that you can spend on anything to do with real life. How cool is that? Yeah, that is cool. So coaching, mentoring, training, even to do with the resorts, the restaurants, the spas, the gym memberships or anything. So make sure that you hit the share button and you tag at least 10 people in here to be in a chance for winning one of those. Uh, so, Rhett, let's get into it. So um, tell, tell us like pre-lockdown, you know, how was life? What were you doing? Uh, you built a very successful career. You know, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So pre-lockdown, you know, another universe way back before, before lockdowns and COVID and wars, basically I was in a corporate job um, and was pretty miserable in this job because really all I wanted to do was to support my music career and um, to have a sustainable income during that period, um, you know, indefinitely. But the problem was that I found the job was taking all my energy and there was no path towards just having enough to sustain myself. So that's when property happened and real life happened. Mm. So, okay. So like, what was it that made you think, or like, what was the point where you thought I've got to do something different or I've got to change the game? Yeah. When it was like, you know, I'm not so happy in here. I'm, I'm, it's not like, was it like the, there was a, more hours went on to the job? Is that what it was or? It was the hours on the job. It was the lack of satisfaction. It was the fact that I'd made the company I was working for millions in passive income. So, uh, you know, effectively I was building assets for them and passive income streams every month, every quarter. Um, my last tally was about four million pounds in passive revenue, a thousand clients um, I'd signed up wow. over the years. And then, you know, at one point the light bulb went off and I realized surely there must be a way for me to do this for myself. Um, and, you know, especially given the fact that um, I was the one who was having to go out and source these clients and I was having to then secure them. Uh, you know, really, it was just a mindset change that uh, was required for me to start looking at, well, what, what are the different um, avenues that I could use? And property was one of those things where I knew um, from my own personal experience, but just with my homes that, uh, you know, 
as night follows day, you you buy property over time, it will double in value. And so um, what I needed, though, was something that would replace my income and be a really sustainable way to live while I was, let's say, making this flip into a new um, a new way of, of living. So what so like what is it that made you go towards property? You say, obviously, your experience from owning homes, but like what like did you see something online did you read some books or like what is it that made you then start to pursue it more intently so initially i was pretty open um i was looking at lots of different um, strategies i went to some events by success resources um one of them was something called never work again uh which basically you know, as the title suggests, literally covered about three or four different approaches to, to that, from crypto through to investing. Uh, but the one that, that really captivated me was uh, a property one, a module where they were talking about this guy named Phil, who um, I knew personally, and, uh, you know, who had basically in a year managed to buy and develop three houses of multiple occupation. And, um, you know, when I heard about his progress, I grabbed him after the show and said, well, what would you do? You know, how do I do this? And he said, simply go talk to Mark. So that was how that started. Cool. So, <laughs> so that was at that program, they, they had, they had uh, created some success. And that was easy for you because you knew the person. That was a big part of it because it felt very real. You know, it's one thing when you you read about someone who's who's managed to do this, and it seems impossible because you know how how on earth could um, you know someone go from having no investment properties to having you know multiple um, in a short span of time without their own money, and mm -hmm. so once the the penny dropped and i realized well not only is it possible not only is phil doing it but there are lots of people doing it um then for me i guess that almost gave me a sense of permission that uh not only could i do it but i just needed to take the leap mm. and um this is what this is what the game changer is all about you know there are people out there like you know wim hof is going to climb everest in just some shorts yeah, there's people who have like fasted for 30 days, drinking their own piss. You know, like this is like, like there's game changers out there. People who have built billion and even trillion dollar companies. And these have changed the game. But like you say, Rhett, most people are sitting there thinking, oh, that was them. That was the founder of Facebook. That was the founder of Google. That was someone who hit the, the right place at the right time. But but, but there are people, many people out there changing their game, right? Changing the game they're playing, changing the rules or playing by a set of rules that most people don't know about. So like, what is it then that made you say, right, this is the path? I think it was, it was basically um, a combination of things. The, the biggest moment was I, I did things backwards. I, I went to the real life award ceremony first so I was just curious, who are these, these crazy people and, and what does this mean? And um, so what I was able to do is actually to see in reverse the, the result of what people did over you know, the course of a year, um, standing on a stage and collecting awards. And I met my coach, Shane, there. 
So, you know, it's literally um, kind of a vision proofing thing of, well, you know, you could be in this room having done something very similar to that in a year's time. And so it was, I think, about two weeks after that, that, uh, you know, I spoke for about five minutes and that was that. Um, you know, I, I didn't need to go to a weekend event even because I was, ironically, if you're a salesperson in terms of your career, you would expect a salesperson to be the most difficult person to sell to, but I'm actually quite easy to sell to when I know that something works. And, you know, when I've, I've vetted it, I've looked at it and it's just a gut instinct. Yes, let's do this. Mm. It's interesting you say about that, like, are salespeople difficult to sell to because they're in sales? Well, following enough over my you know, time traveling all over the world, training thousands of people, working in so many different businesses with other people's businesses, I've actually found a way to increase someone's ability to sell like a thousand percent instantly. Uh, and I share this at some of the trainings that we deliver. And the, the quick version of it is, you know, like, let's just understand what selling is. Selling is helping, right? And if you're going to invest in property or you're going to build any business, or you're going to create any kind of relationship anywhere, doing anything that's worthwhile, you're going to need to sell because selling is finding out what people want and helping them get it, right? Like that's the true essence. I know there's a few con men over the years that have kind of taught it and everyone uh, then taught everyone with the same brush, but that's just when people don't know what real selling is and they're trying to just, you know, flog a dead horse, they say. But but the truth is that when someone wants to sell well, their willingness to be sold comes into it. Like if they're not willing to be sold, then they're not able to sell. Now, and obviously we already know that you are very successful in your selling career. You've done millions of pounds of business, bought on thousands of clients. So uh, it does come down to your willingness to be sold. So, I, I see that that's a good sign in someone. When someone's willing to be sold, yeah, it means that they can also go out and find out what people need and help them get it. And that's exactly what you need to do to succeed in property. And, and, and like people think it's just about numbers and facts and figures, which obviously are important. And we teach that as well. But like uh, I could tell from minute one, and I was funny enough, I was actually just talking to someone about you because you're obviously coming on here on Monday. And I said, yeah, I got right on uh, the real life game changers. And I remember when he came on board and I asked you the question because you said, hey, yeah, I want to think about it. Do you remember? You said, hey, yeah, no, I want to think about it. And, you know, um, I'm not going to make a decision right now. <laughs> Do you remember what I said to you? Uh, not exactly, but I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, I, I already knew that you are helping lots of people. <clears throat> so I just asked you the simple question of, hey, Ray, if you're sitting in, one, in front of one of your potential clients and you know you're going to help them, but the fear is if they go away and think about it, that they're not going to do anything, so they're going to stay where they are and they're not going to benefit from the awesomeness that you've got, what would you say to them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Take out your credit card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that is what situation I was in. I was in front of you and I was thinking, hey, like, if this guy goes and thinks about it, who knows what's going to happen? And and the, and the thing is, hesitation in, in anything kills success, but especially property. 
You know, and people will use many excuses like don't jump in, do your due diligence. I mean, that's an obvious thing. That's common sense. But like the hesitation will wipe people out in this game. They won't even get started in this game. So my philosophy is if that is the case, you've got some hesitation, you've got to break it right now. Wherever it is, whether you're in an event, whether you're on a call, whether it's like I've got a decision to make, whether it's I'm deciding to do something or not do something. So it's wonderful. And I see some people are commenting on here. How awesome was that that you went to the awards first? Yeah. So you went to the awards. You've seen this. By the way, that was actually the first year of real life because we only were like 2018, 2018, November. Yeah, so then the awards was in December 2019. So 13 months worth of starting from nothing. <laughs> yeah, we, create, we created like all of those people and awards being given. And so what after that, that was obviously the end of the year. And then we were going into, so that's that. So then we went into 2020, right? Yeah. All thinking everything is normal and everything's going to carry on the way we, we, the world as we know it. So like what happened then and how did you have to change the game? So I went into all of this thinking, okay, I'll, I'll start with some capital of my own and I'll have my job, you know, because I'd always had this job and, um, it was something that it, it, I never even questioned that the job was going to be there, but this little thing called COVID happened um, within literally a couple of months. So I'd started coaching, I'd started looking for properties, um, I'd started putting together the business, and then all of a sudden I'm put on furlough. So, you know, my income was dropping, there's this sense of risk of, okay, things could change. Then I was made redundant and, um, you know, it, it was a, a real shock because uh, you know, six human needs. I'm very much a certainty person. And um, this was, you know, complete uncertainty. I mean, I'd been clever enough to have redundancy insurance. And, um, you know, so that helped. I had my redundancy payment. I had money in the bank, but you, you couldn't make it up, make up the, the synchronicity of having a large sum of money in the bank, having money coming in every month for up to a year from the insurance. And then having the floor drop from under my feet at the same time, because this job that I was expecting to rely on just wasn't there. So all of a sudden it was very much sink or swim. You know, there wasn't a kind of, do you want to do this halfway? Do you want to take, you know, three, four years to do it? There wasn't that flexibility. It was pretty much you do this effing now, or basically you're going back into a similar job. And so it actually forced my hand, you know, and I knew that I had a runway of about 15 months from that moment to basically make this happen, uh, which then meant there was no going back. And despite the fact that everyone else was, you know, getting under their duvets and saying, you know, what are you doing? I was the only guy at Brighton Station heading up to the East Midlands literally there were two or three of us on the train empty stations gatwick airport was closed mothballed the streets were empty um i get up to the east midlands and you know this, literally it was a zombie film there were there were no people there and here i am going to do viewings and you know making all of this happen with the backdrop of basically who knows if normal life will ever 
happen again because in that moment all we knew was that we were going to be locked up in our homes indefinitely with no sense of when this thing was going to end or or you know whether we would have normality again so you know it was, it was really having to take a leap in in faith but one based very much on the conviction of uh there are people who know what to do and they've done it before me and all i had to do was follow the yellow brick road one step at a time yeah but that yellow brick road was like when it was all sunshine and uh, wonderful but now like the dark cloud has come across like what is it that just enabled you to keep going i think when it came down to it it was the hunger for something new and um you know, I, I'd always wanted to be in a situation where there was enough money coming in to then live my life the way that I want to and to, you know, be the creative that I am, to be a composer and to focus on, on, on that rather than being a wage slave. And so if I had the choice between going back into something that I hated in order to pay the bills or this once in a lifetime chance to like, just go for it and have that foundation to just successfully take on whatever I wanted to do. I took it and I went with it. And, you know, it was terrifying at times because, you know, I knew every month the money's going down, um, the bills were going up. Mm -hmm the time scales were stretching because the banks all freaked out so this is like you know mortgage banks were saying wait this is too scary let's let's wait three or four months so i was thinking oh i'll, I'll do one project every three months you know nice and clear this was the banks just stopped lending and then they all started lending at once and so literally within about eight weeks i then bought four properties and then all four of them had to be planned. All four of them had to be dealt with, with all of their challenges and, you know, the quirks of the different bank situations. It, it was absolute chaos. And so for someone who likes order and things to be reasonably calm, this was the exact opposite. And then I just had to get used to that and get comfortable with it and take charge, you know, no matter what, because once I jumped off the side of the mountain, there was no other option. And had you already decided that, like, you know, I'm going to jump, this is going to work, no matter what? Was that like, how much of a decision was that out of 100%? It, it had to be 150% because wow. the, the impulse at the time was just go hibernate, wait until everything looks safe. You know, I mean, some, some people could have done that, right? But like you'd already made the move or like you were, was it, do you think it was because your hand was forced? I'll, I'll definitely say that helped, you know, I think if I'd had the comfort zone of being able to um, just hang with the job for another six months or a year, I may have delayed things, um, but how many how many months did you think that before like you came to real life awards and you know you or you went to the other program? Like how many months or years had you thought about this? I've got to find a different route, or was it like a spontaneous thing and you just made the move? No, it was it was probably a two year process of just saying this is wrong, the whole thing doesn't work. 
I'm making them four effing million pounds in recurring revenue and they're giving me peanuts back in commission. What am I doing? Um, and it's not because they're unkind. It's that I just wasn't stepping up myself to then say, um, I, I deserve to have um, the passive income and the assets. And I deserve to be in a position where I can, I can have an impact. And I think that was something that really helped with some of the, the early courses um, where I remember thinking about the whole money reprogramming um, where, you know, it's, it's very easy to blame other people who maybe have been born with money and say, oh, you know, they're lucky. Um, that's, that's, that's why they've been able to do what they do as opposed to them thinking, well, you know, if I study what they do, and if I just put in the actions to, to make that happen, then why isn't it possible for me to do that? But the real driver, the real thing that really made me think, wow, this is something I, I really want to do was when I realized that um, if I was, let's say, prepared to give 10% of my wealth and income to charitable causes and to, to, to fix stuff, you know, rather than passing the homeless guy on the street and saying, sorry, if I was able to open up homeless shelters or do supported housing or figure out ways to actually have social impacts and to, you know, be wealthy at the same time, that and to be able to do music on my terms without having to wait for the man to give me permission to record with another orchestra or um, to have two orchestras and a choir, basically to do whatever I want uh, on my terms. If, if I wanted all of that, all I had to do was to take the leap and figure it out one step at a time. And once I made the decision, what was extraordinary is that everything else lined up to support that. So I got the perfect coach. I had the perfect training. The investors came, you know, where... I had limited capital, all of a sudden I started realizing that actually I could have unlimited capital. I could, if I wanted to, raise millions. And most recently, I mean, this is when I knew, wow, things have really changed. Um, a very dear old friend of mine, she'd been studying my Facebook posts for a while and she calls me and says, so how much do you need? Uh, One million, three million? She lives in Silicon Valley, and I, I'm sat there thinking, you know, did I hear that right? Um, and this is coming from a place of, I was in a job a year and a half ago, having no investors, and now having people willing to give me whatever really I want. Mm, and this, this is about changing the game. That's what real life game change is all about. So like, now it's easy. Well, let me ask you, like, you, your hand was forced, but you'd thought about it for a couple of years. Something's not right here. I'm not following my purpose. And that's what this whole thing is about. Like, you, you know, you're following your passion now. But So the way it happened, the difficulties, the chaos and all the rest of it, would you change any of it? You know, there have been moments where it's, it's been scary. Uh, mainly the overwhelm when you think like, okay, I don't quite know how I'm going to get through something. Um, but the strange thing is the more that you have, let's say a new level that you have to step up to, the stronger you become. And I've become more resi resilient and I suppose more 
uh, confident that everything will work out. Faith has become a really big part of it. Um, so it's been a, a spiritual transformation as well in that I literally at times have thought, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to pay that 20,000 pound bill that's coming at you know, the end of the week. And there've been numerous times when money has just materialized within 24 hours to enable things to just keep going and to keep going. This is the bit that people, like how can you get people to understand that this is what happens when you know you're around the right people and you're doing the right thing for the right reason as long as you're doing the right thing for the right reason what you require what you need will always show up i think the difficulty is for a lot of people that it only shows up just in the nick of time so like how how would you give advice to someone rep to say like if there's something you want to follow if there's a passion you've got if there's a new courses that you want to take your family, you know, take care of your family, financial security. And like, and you tell them like, there's going to be days where you got a 20 grand bill and you don't have the money. Like, how are you going to like, what's your words of wisdom to, to enable people to go follow truly what they are here for? We only have one life and, you know, ultimately for me, it's just worth taking a jump, whatever it is you want to do. Um, failing um happens and you know if things go wrong okay they go wrong but ultimately um, i find that if you really believe and if you do if you if you go to any length to um follow your your passion to change your life really everything conspires around you to make that happen in ways that you cannot picture so you know some of my investors in, in, in crazy stories, you know, like one of them, Peter Forbes, he's, uh, uh, you know, his family owns Forbes magazine, his cousin owns Heinz. So how did I meet him, you know, telling people about property? And he, he says, let's meet for a coffee. You know, I'm good at storytelling because of my history. Um, we have fun together. And then he decides, okay, I'm gonna lend him 180,000 pounds. He found 180,000 pounds behind the sofa, practically. It was in it was in an account which he'd forgotten about. I don't even, like, we're trying to make this more believable so people can do it for themselves. Your stories, I don't think they're helping make it believable, but but I, to, but I totally get, like, this is how it happens. It just, like, when you decide you're going to change the game, when you decide, like, this is the route I'm taking, you make that decision, the wonderful, like just how it shows up and being in business and running multiple businesses. Like I get this whole, like, Oh, whoa, big problem. How am I going to sort that out? And many of the times I have no idea. Like my team, I say like my team turned to me Rhett, and they're like, Oh, so what do we do? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't. So what am I supposed to say? <laughs> yeah. So, so that is awesome. So, so he's found this money. And it's you just literally following the process, right? Of, of what we what we taught you in the beginning, literally, yeah. <laughs> so what? So since then, all of that turmoil, the craziness. Would you say you're out of the chaos yet? I let's put it this way: I'm more comfortable with chaos, <sighs> first of all, and I'm really almost out of the chaos to the point where those four projects that I started. Um, all four of them are successfully finished. 
which you know even I can't believe. Um, and then you know the, the 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 other strange thing is once I started the the the, the motion forward, you know, so you've got four planes in the air, they've all successfully landed, or, or at least the runway is in sight. Meanwhile, you know, even if you're just about out of gas and you, you know, try to push the passengers a bit into the middle and say, you know, please don't breathe too much because, you know, runway's just there. I've been managing to actually get more projects going off the back of the other projects. And, you know, somehow, the whole thing is moving in the right direction to the point where I can't believe it sometimes, but then I believe it because I see it. And it's a day in day out thing. So, so to answer that question, yeah, I mean, chaos wise, there's a less of a feeling of chaos, even though chaos in, in running business, or let's say in, in doing big things, there is inevitably going to be a lot of chaos moving parts, people, banks, organizations, processes, a lot of stuff you can't control, random events, a planning person shows up outside a house and doesn't believe the windows are made of wood. Okay, so that's in between coffee and breakfast, you know, on a, on a typical day. And it's all about my attitude and mindset around around those problems. And if I believe that there is a solution to every single problem and, uh, you know, I can apply my creativity to finding that and, and reaching out to, for example, the real net real life network, um, to my coach, to others, it's amazing how, what seems like the end of the game, it's over. I've, I've failed within 15 minutes can turn into, it's actually not that big of a deal. Mm. Yeah, so Dawn is saying chaos doesn't sound certain. So how do you cope with that? Um, well, I think, you know, first of all, you panic. <laughs> now I'm joking. Um, but the first the first times I experienced the, the full level of it, um, I went from panicking to then thinking, okay, you need to have some sustainable way of dealing with this. So I, I switch off. It gets too overwhelming. I take action, first of all. Um, I do everything that needs to be done. And then I go meditate. I go for a walk. Um, I do what I call a walk and, walk and work now. So I've got my headphones on. I'm on the beach uh, walking, making phone calls. And somehow just getting into my body physically really helps me to um, disperse the intensity of the, the uncertainty. Um, I think also just speaking to people helps um you know getting insights from others who've maybe been there before um getting feedback from people and ironically even just talking to people sometimes they've got the solution so it might be that you know uh, there's someone uh, very dear in a tribe where at one point i literally had no idea how i was going to deal with a bill that had to be paid the next day she very very kindly said well i've got the money and that was that, you know, and literally I'm refinancing the property at the moment um, that will then pay her back, you know, and it's, it's a beautiful thing of, of, you know, following through and then self-care, making sure that I always had healthy food and exercise, going to the gym when the gyms were shut, uh, making sure that I exercised outside, um, 
you know, all, all the things that basically make me feel good and recharge, you know, my, my, my batteries. Mm, very good. And you know what I just want to mention there, like, you know, because people in the real life network and the real life tribe, you know, they're helping each other out. Uh, but one thing, I, I don't want this to be some kind of illusion where people just say, whoa, yeah, I come in and job, jobs, you know, oh, everyone's just going to like throw money at me. Like, this is about, you know, being contributing, bringing something to the table, sh you know, showing your face, being out there, taking action, building those relationships, but in a safe environment where like genuinely people want you to win. There's no keeping secrets of who's using this or investing in that area. You know, like some of the... Uh, places out there it's a genuine like you win i win hey listen you get a good valuation on your property that's good for me you know that keeps it up i want you to get that valuation i want you to do projects i'm not able to do them all you know no matter what shape and size they are uh, that's why you know thousands of people are now coming through this these programs and i uh, wanted to take action and I am looking forward to more real life game changers on this channel. Yeah, on this channel. So look, that is a super, super inspiring um, journey. I think officially we give you the stamp of the real life game changer. You change the game, Rhett. You change that normal operating mode into following your passion getting outside of your certainty zone which you might call your comfort zone that certainty zone and like being comfortable with a new level of chaos which is probably now your new certain <laughs> yeah your new certain so i've got one more question to ask you but before i ask you that i want to know what advice would you have to someone that may as maybe has a passion maybe wants to make a move maybe not sure maybe life has you know kicked them in the face a few times they've got a few battle wounds a bit of uh trust issues you know i don't know like there's plenty that we've all <laughs> we've all been through the wars so to say so like what advice would you have like what should they do what should they look out for what things can help them move forward if you have a passion i'd say um rather than looking to the man to come along and give you permission and to and to say okay you can do this now because i've decided you're good enough um, it's something about basically just saying i i'm good enough um, to do what i intend to do and um for me i decided to be my own patron you know rather than uh waiting for for someone else to do it i i took the action and so jump jump when when opportunities come jump quickly jump deeply and, um, you know, we've all got trauma and, and histories. So for me, debt was a really big thing I had to get over because um, my first goal in property was to have no mortgage. And I was almost there. So to then go from that to being hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds in debt was quite a mental leap. Something that helped uh, was in realizing that people that have billions are often billions in debt and so i had to reframe this idea around good debt and bad debt and you know understanding that if i'm in the game and if i'm building very valuable assets and if i'm being coached in in what i'm doing then i can actually take on debt safely and having a lot of debt and having a lot of assets 
is actually a much better position to be in than I was in before, where um, I was making assets for other people, but I wasn't gaining the assets myself. And so that was the game changer for me, is this understanding that to control the assets, to own the assets, to own the passive income, and to be able to scale that in a brand has been a real game-changing idea and something that um, I wouldn't have expected to be possible, but then once I took the leap and once I started seeing that it's possible, two million pounds in property later, you know, it's, it's definitely something. And um, I've nearly replaced my income from the job, you know, after a year and a half, which is, is powerful, you know, and with people lining up to say, well, how much do you need? Which is just crazy. Beautiful. That is fantastic. Well, we love having you a part of the Real Life Tribe. I'm looking forward to seeing so much more of your success. I think it's fair to say that you are just getting started uh, in, in terms of what you're capable of. So before we log off, we have our Real Life Mastermind, by the way, <clears throat> which is for our community. Every single week we get together. Uh, we have different themes coming for you around uh, brokers, lending money, floor planning, architecture, structurals, interior design, developments, uh, different strategies. We have all of these different themes coming. Now, uh, for the people who are not in the Real Life Tribe, uh, once a month we do like an open mastermind. Reach out, message Real Life Group, message Mark Harvey page uh, if you want information on that. But Rhett, this is super important because I tell you something, we can never, ever, ever let people forget that they must do the right thing for the right reason. Now, why is that? Because when you discover your true potential, <laughs> it's funny, I should know this backwards and forwards by now, but yeah, I mean, basically, it's like you've got to do the right thing for the right reason to discover your true potential. Yes. Thank you, Rhett. Boom. There we go. That's it. So thank you so much, Rhett, for coming on, being super inspiring for many people. So thank you very much, Rhett, for coming on. And guys, thank you uh, for watching. You heard it. Rhett say it here. He said you got to do the right thing for the right reason, because that is the only way you're going to discover your true potential. Thank you very much.